episode 213. Here we go on the Laugh Track podcast. This is Justin Severson, the host. Circle of Heat. I know every band member is listening, so thank all of you for letting for making music and letting us play it at the beginning of the show. We are here at Acme. It's Thursday afternoon. It is. Uh, I'm sitting here with the headliner. That's right, the headliner, Brian Miller, yeah. is here. The headliner. I like when you say it that way. Huh? Doesn't that sound good? 213 episodes, by the way. Dude, uh, I was numero uno. That's I right. I was in the first episode. That's right. It's crazy that you've done 213 of these. I know. It, That's it's, a big number. We're getting old, son. Yeah, we're getting old. Am I the uh, am I the most am I the most frequent appearing person on this podcast? I don't. It might be close with Slagle. Your your buddy oh, might Slagle, be close with your yeah. buddy Slagle. Yeah, I'm gonna pop in for next one just to make sure I stay ahead of Slagle. Yeah, when he's <laughs> back, be sure and be here. Right? Yeah, <laughs> when we do a punchline or. Um, not punchline punch out. Slagle show. The uh um that's not what it's called. Crash, Why? No, that's crash and burn. Crash and burn. There we we'll go. Crash and burn next year. I got to make sure I weasel on here so I didn't get too far ahead of me. Are you gonna? Are you saying you're gonna do crash and burn? Uh, next I hope year? so. Oh. I, I I've got I dr- I got Slagle drunk one night. It wasn't that hard. Uh, <laughs> what I did was I just kept drinking scotch as he drank scotch. Ah. And I, I got I got him to uh, <laughs> I got him to give me a scotch fueled pinky swear that I could do it. So uh, that holds up in court. Yeah. No, I mean maybe maybe it'll be two years from now, but. I'm hoping to get this year. Nice. I've been I've been bugging about it for a while because I love that show. Yeah. I don't want to do that forever. Uh huh. Have you you have you done anything like that anywhere else? Uh, Where you're well, forced to come up with new stuff? Uh, Andy Erickson created and, and Trevor Anderson from Circle of Heat. Yeah. Uh, created a show called Punchline Punch Out. Oh yeah. But that is a small. That's where you come up with basically like five minutes of new material. On one topic, one topic, and, and you have a day. Yeah, uh, it's it's Crash and Burn is obviously much more rigorous. Yeah, um, but I've set in on the writing sessions for Crash and Burn a few years and uh, pitched in on those, and so that's I, I love that group writing part of it. I really I really enjoy group writing. Yeah, uh, so are you? Uh, let's go, let's start right in, right in with that. Are you still? Because I listened. Uh, I did, was doing my homework here, mm. Brian. Not only did I listen to two episodes of the show you do with Tim, mm-hmm. which we yes. can talk about a little bit here, but I also. I don't even know if you're still doing it. Are you helping Kostaki with? Oh yeah, Quick Snaps. I'm still the head writer and only other writer for okay. Quick Snaps. We've actually had a few other writers come and go here and there, but uh, yeah, Kostaki uh, half jokingly told me that I I should bandy about the term head writer. Oh okay. Yeah, we just did a segment last week. We have our so for people who don't know, it's um, Kostaki Kanamopoulos. You should know that. Yeah, he's the biggest name in comedy. Uh, <laughs> he is uh, hilarious, uh, and he does a football segment uh, every week on the Bob and Tom Show. And uh, he also does it as a podcast. Yeah. So every week he he does you know fifteen ish new minutes of football jokes. It's a pretty crazy yeah amount of jokes. So I help him write that, and we we write it together. Uh, it's actually a cool process. We've evolved it. It's, um, we write it in a Google Word doc that we both share, and so we both are writing jokes. We're dumping jokes in throughout the week. And then we're looking at each other's jokes and riffing off those and then moving them around. And like, you know, he's kind of in charge of the moving, but I'll suggest stuff. And oh. and then, but you know, it's that way we can like tag each other and like, oh, this is a good topic. Let's riff on that. Sometimes we'll both be on there literally at the same time and we'll kind of group write together, typing them out. Oh, wow. Um, do you get an, here's a really dumb question, but do you, does, do you get an update? Like when he switches something on that doc, does it let you know? Those Google Docs are basically like a constant constantly updatable living document yeah so it's just like if we happen to be in there okay but i don't like i don't get like oh kostaki's on right now i mean if he were to really need me to do it he could text me my wife and i just passed a uh, big uh what would this be uh you know the marriage hasn't even a year uh we're not even a year deep into this Mm. marriage of mine and we just started sharing uh our calendars on it's really helpful it's really helpful (laughs) it is I literally just set that up three nights ago. Yeah, it is helpful. But uh, yeah, so the quick snaps we do every week during the season um, in the playoffs. And then we off season, we do like one a month, two a month, depending on uh, what's going on. But so this is our last week off. And starting next week, uh, we were just figuring out it's like, all right, starting next week, we've got 20, like 23 weeks in a row or 22 yeah. weeks in a row. Through the Super Bowl, yeah, right? through really the week after the Super week Bowl. Week after, well, of course, there's right. big news. So you go, out, right, so you go like the, to the week after the Super Bowl, um, from the week before the season starts. Well, as someone who, uh, you know, before I ever hosted a podcast, I was just a podcast fan, uh, a big fan of podcasts, and I listened to what is what is the most recent one of of Quick Snaps mm-hmm. this morning. Oh, nice and uh, really good. And it was a preseason, I guess. It sounded like it was from a couple of weeks ago, and this yep. week's off. That was uh, my uh, Tom Brady uh, Giselle scissoring joke. By yes, the way. <laughs> yes. 
Okay, I was gonna ask you, like, could you? Are there a couple jokes that you that I would remember that were yours? And I know that one. Yeah. Okay. My my favorite one was uh, of mine was uh, <laughs> you know because a lot of the times our jokes get all jumbled up, you know, or we'll change, yeah. you know. But like the Tom Brady ones, he cut himself using scissors. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And I said I'd rather see his wife scissoring. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, which was kind of a cheap joke, but I liked it. My favorite one though was. Um, uh, there, there was a, a Philadelphia uh, kicker got hit in the head with a football, yeah. and the punter miskicked and Caleb got a concussion. Caleb something. Sturgis. Yes. Uh, and so my joke was, uh, they kept saying he got hit with an errant punt, and I said, errant punt sounds like something an angry British guy would call you. <laughs> yes! That was awesome! <laughs> I was happy with that one. <laughs> Brian, I was listening with in, with uh, headphones on mm-hmm. this morning, and that was you know one of those times where I laughed out loud, and the dude working oh, down excellent. the hall from me was like, <laughs> The fuck are you laughing at? <laughs> well, what's great? I'm a, I guess I'm a. I do a lot of podcasting. I guess I actually uh, co-host another sports podcast with Aaron Hodges, the who's, ser- who's Kasaki's co-host okay. on that one, who yeah. works at SiriusXM. We do a podcast with a, a baseball writer named Jeff Young called uh, the Off Balance Three. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of fun. We do that. Yeah, we have we have a really good time on that. It's for uh, CricketScoreboard.com. Okay, now I'll, I'll admit I haven't heard that one. I did see it posted. It's newer. We've we're just we're really just started hitting our stride with that one. I think recently we we didn't really know each other that well before, and now we're. Yeah. And how do, and where do people that one's available? Everywhere? Yeah, you can go to CricketScoreboard.com. Um, pretty sure it's on iTunes. Uh, but yeah, the Off Balance Three. Uh, and yeah, and we and I also write for CricketScoreboard.com. Uh, so I have some football articles up there. It's okay, like kind of a fun sports uh, humor website. Yeah. Were you, uh, was it, you get all, you're getting all this connection to sports and writing comedy about sports. Did you have, were you a huge sports fan growing up? I, kind of, I would say a regular sports fan. I, I like it. I was a big hockey guy, played a lot of hockey. Um, but um, I got started in this because I did a run with Kostaki. I didn't know him at all. And he needed an opener. And so I, I and so he asked me, I think Ben Sandell recommended me. Um, so we zigzagged across North and South Dakota on our way to Wyoming, and we did a show every night in a different town, and we would have like five hours drive. And so okay. we, we didn't know each other at all. We, that's how we became like really good friends. It was oh. uh, we spent a lot of time together, and we, and we really hit it that. off. He's just he's just the best. Or you would have hated each other. Yeah, one or the other. Yeah. I've, and I've had both experiences with uh, random headliners. <laughs> usually more usually more to the good than the bad. But because yeah. and I just really hit it off. Yeah. He's such a great guy. He's awesome. And so he was working on the sports segment at the time. And so he'd say, "Well, he'd have the paper, and he'd just say, Look, well, I'm going to read some stories. Let's kick some jokes around.'" And we just ah. found we really liked doing that. And he's like, "Well," and so then I would just send him some. While I was watching football because I liked it. And then pretty soon he's like, well, I'll send, give you some money if you'll do it every week. Okay. You know? Well, well, and, no, now you're at my so, attention. Yeah, and I was like, all right, I'll try that. And I thought – I remember thinking like there's no way I can do this every week because it's – if you think about the f- totality of it, it's daunting. It's like it, I, we, I probably – we probably each write three pages of jokes a week, and like full typed pages times, you know – 25 weeks a year. So you're like, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. I was going to write 75 pages of jokes. It's right. insane. A third of the Great Gatsby of jokes. <laughs> uh, but but you, know, you break it down every week. Something goofy happens. Something in the news happens. It, they and, rarely let you down. It does kind yeah. of provide its own material. Yeah, you find something. Much like, uh, you know, Will Durst doing political stuff. It's really never going to run out of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Just It just kind of, uh, you know, provides itself. Yeah, material. So we have a good time doing it. And he's a great, he's going to be here. I'll do a plug for him. He's going to be here in December. I think the second week of December. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Get your tickets now for Kostaki Konomopoulos. Do it's it now. When now you've had other headlining nights here at Acme. Yes, I ha, uh, I've co-headlined with uh, my buddy Nate Abshire. Yeah, uh, we did a co-headlining like three nights, and then I, I've, I've done. I think I did like a fill-in once or tw- like once or twice. I want to say. Yeah. Um, one time I had to headline because Mary Mack, who was amazing, uh, had a hernia. And was had to have like hernia surgery. But now was she... this the first or ninth time she had a hernia? <laughs> right, <laughs> but she she had been in the hospital that day. Checked herself out of the hospital to come to do the shows. So and then when I th- I don't think she might have even gone back to the hospital after that. And what was crazy it sounds was familiar. She yeah. was amazing. It's one of the best sets I've ever seen anyone have. And she was like doped up, and she was in all this pain, and she was so good. But this, for the late show, because she'd been in the hospital all day, we flipped, and she went early so she yes. could get back and you I know get on her drugs. And I mean, she was you know she was really sick. Yeah. And so that was like a it wasn't really exactly a headline. It was like a feature set at the end by surprise. It was like, <laughs> oh yeah, no big deal. Just follow Mary Mack and go yeah. do forty minutes. It's like, oh my god, I'm so scared. <laughs> 
What? Uh, so this is a pretty big deal. Really, this is a huge right, deal. Brian? This is the, the only other thing I've been this excited about was being on the Late Late Show with, with Ferguson. Yeah, and that's the only thing that even comes close to comparing. Because uh, like, when I started comedy, uh, I I moved to Minneapolis to start doing comedy, to to work at Acme. Like I was like, this place seems really cool. I'm gonna yeah. start here, and so that was always my number one goal since the day I started was was just to work here. Yeah, I mean, I would, I you know, I would have died relatively happy just being a, a happy feature uh-huh. <laughs> at Acme who got to work here. Mm-hmm. I would have emceeing is pretty great here, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the headline thing was was really huge. And then I was, um, I was just telling you off air. Uh, I realized on Tuesday that this is my eight year anniversary in comedy this year, the year this week, um, Wednesday. Wow. Uh, so, and I also remember having a really funny conversation, like, well, funny in retrospect, like <laughs> a month or two into it, I didn't know anybody, and I was at Grumpy's open mic downtown, yeah. uh, run by the fantastic Chris Matic, and uh, I was sitting around the table, I was brand new, and Patrick Bauer, who's great, his dad, Wild Bill Bauer, was super helpful to me, um, starting out, and uh, P-Bow uh, said, uh, hey, you know, you man, you should keep coming out and doing this, you know, you seem like you got a bit of a knack for it, and I was like, oh, thank you, I was so flattered, you know, and he goes... Yeah, you know, you you could be a headliner in like eight or ten years, and uh, I started laughing because I, in my mind, like, yeah, I'll do this for like a year, and then they'll put my name on the marquee, right. and I'll get a show, you know. Uh-huh. And I started laughing because I thought he was busting my balls, yeah. and he just looked at me and goes, "No, that was that's a compliment." Yeah, I no. was like, eight to ten years. That means I believe in you. Yeah, and he's like, "That's he's like, no, that's the nicest thing I've said to any new person in like <laughs> forever." Yeah. And uh, and it uh, turns out he nailed it. Yeah, no, he, he did. <laughs> he he hit it spot on. Wow! So congrats, Pebo. Uh, so where, okay, so if you're saying that was eight years ago, then where, what was nine, what was happening nine years ago? Uh, I was a newspaper editor down in Carbondale, Illinois, uh, running the Carbondale Times, um, which is a, just a community straight news, you know, right. not funny, <laughs> <laughs> a not funny newspaper by design. Uh, yeah. And we moved during the Olympics. Um, I didn't have a job. My wife had a teaching job lined up that fell through. So we got here during the big economic collapse Oh yeah. With no jobs. It was really in retrospect like that was terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. What uh things have clearly worked out. Yeah, well luckily she's very smart. <laughs> <laughs> Remember one of the times you came in and we uh, recorded a podcast you were uh, having stre- the stress of moving. Oh right. Yeah, yeah I, that's when um was that when my was that my my one of my I had two houses get foreclosed um that I was renting in 2 years. And I think that was when the first one had foreclosed and we were moving into the Lindale place Okay. before that got foreclosed. And then we had to move downstairs to the, from the second floor while they remodeled. And then we moved again <laughs> oh uh, two months ago. But we bought a house and uh, that's been – Oh, you bought a house. Yeah, yeah. I'm South Minneapolis homeowner. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Congrats. Oh, thank you. I know it's very exciting. Now all I think about is how to keep water out of my basement. Now, my entire life resolves around keeping water out of my basement. <laughs> I never knew that was a thing until now. And so now you it, have a yard and, ev- and everything? Yeah, we got a backyard and a front Garage? Porch, garage, glassed-in, three-season porch. Look at that. It's great. We love it. Look at that. Are you yeah. out mowing the lawn, then? Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one thing that I actually do around the house. I do like to mow the lawn. Nice. I didn't know yeah. you were a homeowner. Uh, yeah, well, we just kept getting these houses foreclosed. I mean, it was like it was like the universe sending us a sign. It was like, yeah. at least if we're going to get a house foreclosed, we should own the next one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that would be your fault. I mean, we'll basically spend the else's. same amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we found a great place, and so that's been, that's been really exciting. And yeah, well, then you're... You know, that's interesting. You're uh, eight years in. You just got your headlining uh, week here at Acme. And, you know, like before we started recording here, we were talking a little bit about our friend Emily Glotty. Yeah. She just moved. Uh, she picked up and moved from Chicago to New York. Mm-hmm. So obviously you're staying put. I you have no I would re- like to. No reason to leave. Yeah, I, I really don't want to move permanently at all. Um, if I got a gig or something compelled me to move one place or, you know, split time maybe. You know, Cy Amundsen does that really well. Yeah. Because um, I, mean, I would say he lives in L.A., but he spends a lot of time here. Yeah. I could I could invert that. And probably make you know, yeah. hey, somebody, if you're listening, Bill Maher, and you need a writer, like, you know, uh-huh. I can, I can, I can keep my, I'll let my brother-in-law stay in my house or something for a while, <laughs> keep an eye on it, and I'll. Uh, you know how to mow lawn? Yeah, my brother-in-law can mow lawn. They'll take care. <laughs> so it, we can work it out. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I'm, I really love Minneapolis, and my wife likes it here, and so we, just, yeah, we want to stay. No, I. I'm sure you've told me in the past, but where is she from? She, she's from here. She is from here. Yeah. Okay. But she didn't want to move back at first. 
but I really liked it. But she's like, she's like, I've been there. I've lived there. Let's do something different. But I was like, no, I really like it. And that club is really good. Okay. And I heard the comedy scene's really good. And but she's real happy to be back. Yeah. So and her my in laws are really cool. Uh, I don't have any mother in law jokes because my mother in law is really funny and she's cool. You know, oh. my father in law is great. So it's uh, I like living around. It's good to live around your family if uh, they don't drive you nuts. It, absolutely, I you know yeah. Mine live far away, and we're sort of in between. They don't drive me nuts, and I get just enough. Yeah, mine live far away, and uh, it's good distance. <laughs> yeah, we get along great when we see each other. What else? So, guy, you're so you're you're, you're uh, headlining this week. You got podcasts, um, twenty four hours a day. That yeah, you're well, and I do uh, I do at least two hours a week on usually on uh, Twin Cities News Talk. Uh, yes, I do a Friday morning spot uh, with Andrew Lee, and soon up it's gonna be John Justice. They got a new host. It's gonna be the Drew and Justice Show. Um, you just blew my joke, by the way. Oh, I was gonna. I apply, oh, I applied for that job. You know? Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I did not know. I think I was. Almost, I almost applied for that job. I was gonna ask you if you did, but I was. I I don't usually set up anything because I'm not yeah. the funny one here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was gonna say to you, like, yeah, I uh, I don't know how things are going over there. I really think I have a good chance of getting that job, <laughs> and I was gonna put you on the oh, spot nice. to see if you'd break it to <laughs> me that they hired like, somebody. No, we just talked to John on the phone today on the show <laughs> while he was like driving here. He was in like Des Moines. He's almost here. Actually, oh. he probably is here by now. Okay. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would be like a. I don't. I'm not suited to talk about news that much. But they're great. Andrew's great, and and uh, Lump, the producer's great, and they just had me on to kind of wreck the process and come in and tell stupid jokes. Yeah, lo- uh, yeah. For anybody who's listening is not local. Yeah, it's uh, AM eleven thirty here in the Twin Cities. Uh, news Talk KTLK. Yeah, I did get to go in. I went in and did a uh, morning with them a couple weeks ago. Oh, nice. When they, yeah, yeah, and that was a lot of fun. Great crew. Yep. And then uh, we we turned it. We st- I stuck around. We turned it into like a half hour program. Um, I'd say paid programming because you'd think I got so much good. Uh, I basically got to talk about this podcast for a half an hour on their show. Oh, very so nice. It was pretty free nice. advertising. Yeah, it was really nice advertising. Uh, but yeah, you I and they were speaking very highly of you when I was over there. Oh, nice to hear. Yeah, they're they're great. Yeah. And so I do. And I'm, lately, I've been doing Thursdays and Fridays. Um, so yeah, I, I like I just like being on mic. I like I like talking. Yeah, no, <laughs> apparently, right? They, um, I've heard you on there a few times, but I don't always catch it. Are you, uh, are you the what's the dissenting opinion? Like, are you? I'm kind of the token lefty, yeah. Uh, but I'm not. First of all, I'm not super political, and I'm not real partisan. Uh, if you break my general positions down, it definitely would sway toward the left. But it's not like dominated by any kind of like. What you're supposed to think as a Democrat? Like, yeah, I, I agree with general some lefty principles, but I don't care about the Democrats as a party per se yeah. or anything. I'm going to steal that. I like the way you said that. Yeah, it describes me. And uh, but I, so I like I, I I like talking to people that I disagree with a little bit, especially because they're one of the reasons I like that show so much is it's not a show built around conflict. It's actually built more around consensus. And so it's not that like, let's get two people who don't agree and have them yell at each other like professional wrestlers. Yeah. It's more about like, well, where do we agree? You know, what? anyone, sometimes we don't. Yeah. But uh, no one's ever, you know, no one's going to call me a libtard or anything <laughs> stupid. You know, they're not like those knee jerk goofballs, you know, right, it's, right. Not, it's just not like that at all. Oh, it makes my skin crawl. Is yeah, I mean, term. I get some, I get I get the occasional nasty tweet from Trump followers because I'm I'm you know pretty unrelenting on the Trump train. And... Well, they should get used to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Until he loses, they ought to get used to it. Yeah, really. Uh, you let's. Uh, so I wasn't listening, but apparently, <laughs> uh, let's see, where was I? Yeah, that doesn't matter. I wasn't listening last Friday. Was it last Friday? But apparently, <laughs> yeah, it was last Friday. You might have you might have said something on the radio and lit yeah, up their uh, Twitter I, feed or your Twitter feed. I accidentally made a rim job joke on the rim job. <laughs> this uh, is terrestrial radio, not satellite. That morning, you're doing this on. <laughs> morning, AM radio. <laughs> yeah, AM um, radio. Yeah, uh, I, I it just popped out uh, in the. It, it was log- It was natural to the course of the thing. Uh, uh, the, the term rimming came up in terms of uh, beer glass. Like you, you would rim a glass with a flavor to accentuate the flavor sure, of a drink sure, or something. Like a margarita or something. Yeah. yeah. You would rim it with salt, for yeah. instance. Or mm-hmm. perhaps there's other definitions of it. And I suggested an alternative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, everyone in the studio kind of laughed. And then uh, we thought the producer was going to dump it. But she was like, what, what, what is that? And I was like, oh, I'm not going to explain that. Uh, the producer is uh, a 20-year-old. Yeah, she's. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know. If she half didn't hear, or didn't know, or maybe she just. Did, maybe she just didn't want to look me in the eye and be like, "Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about." <laughs> I don't blame her. She's. Uh, she's. She's classier than I. She's a pro. Uh, 
But uh, we were like, well, that went out there. And everybody just <laughs> laughed and nobody thought that much of it. What was great, like uh, Nick Zerwas, uh, yeah. House of Representatives was there. It's mm-hmm. like, you don't, you don't often get to say I made a uh, rep- House member of the House of Representatives laugh at a rim job joke. So. <laughs> He's a funny dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a little awkward. And uh, then I got some tweets from some somewhat unhappy people. <laughs> so there was n- no one hit the dump button. And then, yeah. I mean, it's not a swear or anything. Oh, I yeah, no, but as someone who did work in radio for fifteen years, yeah, it's not always just the it's the mm. context. Yeah, 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 or <laughs> or words that just, as I you know as they vaguely you know try to warn you, it's you know actions, action words, oh. you know, like sexual action. You know, you can't use those. Well, mine was a double entendre, <laughs> as the French like to say. There was at least a second entendre there, so uh, I, I, I can hide behind the uh, the first entendre. Uh, but they're gonna, they've had you back already. Yeah, I mean, they, nobody yeah. was mad or anything. The, the, the people who were mad weren't even like mad, mad. They were really cool about it. I did, I did, one guy's like, hey, thanks for, thanks for a fun question I got from my daughter at 8 45 this morning. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I learned a valuable lesson. Well, I spend so much of my time on radio. There's a little voice in the back of my head that's just like, don't say fuck, don't say fuck, don't say fuck. Yeah. Cause like, you know, you, when you get comfortable with, with, with people and you get to having just casual conversation, it's, Good radio, I think, does start to feel like a casual conversation. Oh, you forget, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And but if I'm on a station promoting in a foreign, you know, town somewhere, you know, and I don't know the guys, I'm kind of just doing my bits and being real polite. But I get, you know, you get used to doing a podcast that's supposed to be clean. You know, Slagle and I do a clean podcast, but yeah. you know, I'm just talking to Slagle, and every yeah. now and then, I have to remind myself, like, oh wait, no, 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 it's clean. Don't uh-huh. uh, and so that, I'm just, I never would want to put a station or, or somebody in, the, in that position. So I'm so careful about the swearing thing. I make some stupid joke. We ended up. Because I'm a 12 year old. <laughs> My, uh, I went to the Weird Al concert last Friday mm. night. With how was that? Awesome. Uh, I've awesome. always wanted to see Weird Al live. Oh well, I've gone multiple times. Uh, yeah. Every time, but uh, this most recent one was as good as any of them, and probably. Probably the best besides the first time because I got to bring my daughters. Oh, that's great. Yes, as an adult father, I've got to see new Star Wars movies with my kids now. You know, when yeah. the new one came out last December, they're pumped that the next one's coming out in December, and I've been able to go see Weird Al. That's with awesome. My children, who who would have thought if you would have told us in the eighties, like, hey, you know that guy who sings that Yoda song? He's going to be more popular than ever, and you'll take your children to the live show. You'd have been like, no, no, of course not. The Doctor Demento guy, right? Yeah, you mean <laughs> not the, to, not the to one... disparage Weird Al? No, no, I know what you mean. He's you amazing. mean the guy that only I think is funny, and none of and my mm-hmm. all my friends think is stupid. Yeah, like a junior high boys was his demographic. Uh huh. Yeah, I uh, so UHF is a great movie though. What? UHF, the Weird Al movie? Oh, one of the best. So funny. Mm-hmm. Great little cult movie. I love, uh, you know, you found the marble in the mashed potatoes, <laughs> so you get to drink from the fire hose yes. and blast that kid across the room. Great movie. Spin the wheel, Weaver! <laughs> yeah. With a, a young Michael Richards. Yes. An emo with a very small... Yeah, uh, emo's really funny in that. He's got a small, funny seed in that movie. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to tie this into what you were saying about the swearing on the radio, because... Weird thing, I got. There's a buddy of mine who the last time Weird Al was in town, we went together. Well, this time he wanted to go again. I was bringing my kids. He's like, "Well, dude, I don't really want to feel weird going with you and your kids." Well, he ended up. So I just bought the tickets for myself. Mm. He ended up buying his own ticket by himself to go by himself. So That's then, stupid, right? So then last week he calls me. He's like, "Hey, I do have a ticket. Can you pick me up?" <laughs> like, uh, yeah, sure. Your kids sound much more responsible than your friends. <laughs> so uh, he was sending me texts last Friday afternoon saying, hey, I'm uh, I'm practicing right now in the mirror talking and not swearing because I'm going to be in the car with your kids. And he uh, did a great job. Uh, well, we, you know, we had separate seats for the show. Well, I didn't drink during the show. My friend got hammered up in his seat. And Uh-oh. then when we got back the to ride the ride home. Oh man, it was like F this, F F F. <laughs> was that that great Ron White line about uh they might not hear something they they might have heard what they're about to hear before but they haven't heard it in this order. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was accurate. He ended up sending me a text the next morning like, "Dude, or no, and it wasn't that. I saw him since then. He was like, "Yeah, I'm kind of sorry about that." Well, yeah, you know, they've heard it all. Well, yeah, but the, I don't I, I mean, I, I guess I don't have kids. If I had kids, I probably wouldn't mind that much. If it's like, I wouldn't want to hear like violent or like upsetting language, but mm-hmm. like, I don't know, 
a shit or a fuck. But he, didn't a never, he never brought up rim job, so yeah. I didn't have to. Uh, well, I'm usually no explaining the next day. I'm usually good about that because I came from a kind of a. My, I mean, proper is not the right word. I'm just a normal middle class family, but my family's pretty. Uh, I don't know, especially my mom's side of the family, kind of proper, well, kind of you know, sure. uh, you know, they, they 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 keep a nice appearance, not in a phony way, sure. But like, no one swears in my family gathering, except for me now. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, you know, I mean, like I don't know, like uh, you know, they keep it kind of, I don't know, is it patrician or I don't know, it's just like a just like a more polite kind of thing yeah. or whatever. And so it's always you know, it's always interesting to me when I'm around somebody and there's kind of. Just like the way they are around their parents, they, yeah. they, there's no change, and they're like making the dirty jokes and swearing. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> no, me neither. So, so I have developed naturally, a, you know, if I'm going up to do a show and the booker's like, hey man, uh, you're the headliner, can you keep it clean? Uh, when I would be featuring, uh, some people would get really mad about that. And it really bothered me. I'm like, okay, click. I could just, I usually just click that on because yeah. it's just like, you know, you spend. 18 years living in a house where you're not supposed right. to say anything dirty and you, right. uh, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you learn, you learn, and then you leave the house and then you turn it off. <laughs> uh, you know, also jogged a memory for me. The, uh, one time w- with the, uh, the profanities on the radio, mm. I had the job, you know, where I was in charge of the dump button. Mm. And one time we had on the radio it was, um, uh, Baldwin, one of the Baldwins, a lesser Baldwin. Lesser Baldwin. Okay. Well, let's let's just narrow it down. Okay. It wasn't Alec. You would remember that. Nope. Uh, Steven was the one from Biodome. Not Steven. The other... Was it Daniel? Daniel. From... Now, Daniel generally considered the screwy-uppiest of the Baldwins, but was terrific on that show, Homicide Life on the Street. Yes. Where he played uh, Felton. I think he was Felton, the big fat racist detective. He was <laughs> great in that show. That's a great show. That was from... That's... From a years ago, right? Yep, that was yeah. an NBC show. Pro tip: if you like, like uh, late eighties, early nineties, early nineties. Yeah. If you like good TV, like HBO style, before David Simon created The Wire, David Simon created Homicide: Life on the Street. Oh, and were based on his book Homicide: Life on the Street, which is an amazing true crime book. And then The Wire is basically based on The Corner, which is another book that he wrote, which is even better. One of the top five nonfiction books written in the last thirty years, as far as I'm concerned. Wow. Yeah. That holy crap! I once bought that book in paperback and never freaking read it. Oh, I, I you've got it. You've got it. Oh, Homicide's really good, but the corner is mind blowing. Okay, no, because the corner is, is like the wire, which is the the greatest. I do have that. So anyway, so we had on uh, Dan- Danny, Daniel, Daniel, Dan- Danny, Baldwin. Danny B, Danny B. And he's just blah, 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 talking about some, I don't know, it was a TV show, movie, mm. it doesn't matter. But at one point, he said fuck really quickly in a sentence, and I didn't catch it. And it went on on the radio. Oops. Yeah. Did, you get a little, did you get a little black about that? Well, not, you know, no one, uh, <laughs> I never talk about the, the stuff about what happened over there. Uh, no, the, the, uh, the brand new PD we had didn't know how to handle that. So instead of just pulling me aside and being like, hey, we shouldn't have, um, you know, you got to pay attention to that stuff and Mm. that's not okay or whatever. He went and before he ever discussed it with me, he called the corporate headquarters. Oh, why would you do that? To ask what he should do because this happened. Yes. In a moment like that, you just hope no one notices. And if no one complains, it didn't happen. The only time there's a real complaint, they need to go to like the FCC and like file. Yeah. Like, File a complaint, and you know what? That's if calling somebody, the radio station and saying, "I think I heard the f word." Is not that complaint? No. That doesn't make it official, especially if it's yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's so stupid. Yeah, it's like calling the cops and saying, "Hey, um, I bought a bunch of weed." Yeah, what's the penalty for that? Yeah. If I bring it in, can I just pay the fine and do the jail time? It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Hey, we're, hey, I got a, I got an eighth here, but I don't. I need to hide it from my parents. Yeah, where should I hide it? Oh, colossally <laughs> stupid. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, but nothing ever happened of it because no one, no one gave a shit. The only one that gave a shit was the bonehead that was running the radio station. <laughs> and I'm not one, you know, I will say, I'm not one of those people who's like, we should be able to say whatever we want on the radio. It's like, no, nah, man, it's free air and people have, I do, cable TV is one thing, but, you know, on the main radio channels and on, you know, CARE 11 at 7 o'clock, yeah, we probably shouldn't have a bunch of crazy profanity and have, sex and violence. I'm fine with that. Have you seen this TV show of uh, uh, Naked Dating? I'm I'm familiar with it. That is on V. I think it's on VH1. I just saw the. I would be really bad at that. 
That does not strengthen my case. I need a lawyer up. I would be in a show called uh, The Most Clothes Dating, where you're just like, a, you know, like the little brother in a Christmas story when he's bound up to go to winter, where we're basically just immobilized on our clothes. Uh-huh. And, I, and then I could just, as my, my buddy Chris Reimer, who's hilarious, he always says, um, I got a lawyer up to get laid. He's like, he's like I, I, I got to, you know, I got to make a presentation. Yeah, I can't yeah. just, I can't just show him the goods. Uh-huh. Research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always like that. Got a lawyer up. Strong presentation. Yes, I like that. Um, I, I was flipping through channels last night, which means I have too many channels. If I'm mm. landing on naked dating, uh, I was surprised that they were. I was cool with it. They were showing uh, bare butts on the, like men and women. Yeah, they, that's they, not a thing anymore. No, no, that's that 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 barrier has been broken. And in fairness, well, I'm an ass man, so that's fine with me. Oh, uh, yeah, but it's cable, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really. Uh, it's so funny. Like I don't. I have it on one of those antenna. I just get the football games for free over the airwaves. That's the only TV I watch. And then I got I got the Netflix and the Hulu and all that. So like I kind of for like even a lot of times like you watch. Um, oh, my wife and I are watching The Americans, which is on a cable show. Mm-hmm. But they sh- may must shoot a version of that. They'll have a little bit of nudity or they'll drop a couple bucks in there. Oh, um, I think they must censor it when they run it or run a slightly different version. Oh, but we're watching on DVD or on whatever, and so it's like, oh yeah, I, I kind of forget about that yeah. stuff because it's also decontextualized now when it's not in your TV on network at the moment, it's just like, it could be a DVD. That's you true. Gotta, you know, there's uh-huh. no, I, I, everything's very fragmentary with like where you're seeing it. And so I, I kind of forget about that. Yeah, that's very true. Are you still doing movie reviews? Yep. Still doing 16, ooh, 17 years now, I think. Wow. Yeah. For the nightlife, CarbondaleRocks.com. If you want to read my, uh, my movie reviews, I just have a review of War Dogs up right now. Which one is that? Uh, Seth or Joan Hill and Miles Teller based oh. on that Rolling Stone article. It was actually kind of an interesting movie. Okay. It wasn't great, but it was interesting. It was like a critique of uh, it was like a critique of Scarface bros. You know those like those dudes who have Scarface on their wall and they think they're thugs, but they're they're you know. It's, <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, and that's a real thing. My, the opening line of the review, I was very happy with this. Was uh, uh, if I had one piece of advice to give young women of the world, it would be never date a guy with the Scarface poster on. I his love wall. that. <laughs> I think that's the best advice you could get. And so it's kind of like these guys who are kind of Scarface bros. It's a true story. Yeah, and they become gun runners uh, for these Pentagon contracts. That's right. And uh, it was a great article. And the movie about it was pretty good. But it's kind of a critique of him, but it also just kind of like revels in all the fantasies of what a Scarface bro would do if he had a bunch of money, you know, which is buy a bunch of guns in a Malibu house and yeah. look at girls' asses all day. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and so it's uh, it's not great, but it's it's interesting. Do you uh, do you get to pick the movies that you're mm-hmm. going to see? Yeah, I, the, one of the reasons I like the job so much is a uh, uh, Chris Wisman, who's uh, kind of one of my mentors. He's the editor there. He's been the editor since I started. Okay. He founded the paper. Uh, he gives me – I have complete freedom. I could send him – sometimes I'll send him something that's not even a review. Like one time I sent him like uh, – I hated a movie so much I like made a an SAT-style questionnaire about the movie or I can get kind of weird. One time I just wrote an open letter to Robert De Niro to stop. Uh, you know, just goofy stuff like that. Has he stopped? Uh, yeah, I don't think he read it. <laughs> um, but uh, – so yeah, I can kind of do whatever I want in that space as long as I send him you know, 1,500 words a week. They're, they're happy with whatever it is. Are you going to see kids' movies? I, I do sometimes. Nemo? Did you go see or whatever it is? Dory? Finding Dory? Yeah, wildly mediocre. Wildly mediocre? Yeah, it felt like a cash grab. Mm. I was never that into Finding Nemo. I love Pixar. I never understood why people were so attached to that one. I I was lost on me, too. The Toy Story movies are great. Mm-hmm. Um, Wally's great. Up is pretty good. Ratatouille I loved, even though some people don't. Incredibles is amazing. There's so many of those great movies, and people love Nemo. Like, mm. it, it was Bambi in the water. It was kind of generic to me. Mm-hmm. Was right? It's it's the Ellen phenomena. Yeah, I <laughs> guess. Do a voice in that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, she's she's funny in that, but it just I never really got it. But a Sausage Party was the anti kids movie that was pretty great. Oh, you saw it? I really enjoyed Sausage Party. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's hit and miss, but when it hits, it hits hard. Really? Yeah. <laughs> does Swartzen do a voice in that? Do you I don't re- think he does, him? but he's doing a voice in something coming up. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I don't think he did. I would I, I would recognize his voice probably. Okay. What's the best movie to take, uh, you know, I, my kids, I've taken a few movies this summer. What would have been the best one to take kids to this summer? Oh, gosh. You put me on the spot. Yeah. Um, I don't remember any really good kids movies this year. Maybe I saw one. How about here? I'll, uh, maybe someone will come to you. How about this, like, Blair Witch is coming back. Yeah, the... I'm okay with that. Yeah? Yeah. Have, the, you... No, the really, if you like horror movies, the two movies to see this year are The Witch, 
which came out right at the beginning of the year, which is set in like the 1500s. And they speak in old English. It's about this family that gets banished from their Puritan settlement. They have to go live in the woods. And then maybe or maybe not, a witch starts possessing members of the family. Okay. So scary. Scariest thing I've seen in a long time. Oh, okay. Uh, and Green Room, starring the late Anton Yelchin. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is Star a fantastic, yes, fantastic movie by Jeremy Saulnier, who did Blue Ruin, which is the best movie nobody saw. Um, see, everything by Jeremy Saulnier, well, his first movie kind of sucked, but uh, Blue Ruin and Green Room are both great. And Green Room is about a punk band that picks up this gig at this bar in Oregon, not realizing it's one of – rather than being a regular punk venue, it's one of those white supremacist fronts. Um, oh. And so uh, they uh, – don't take too kindly to the white supremacists and the white supremacists certainly don't take too kindly to that. And so they get locked in the green room. And so they're surrounded by like neo-Nazis and it's just like punks versus Nazis oh, wow. battle to the death. But it, rather than being like a kind of Roger Corman-esque exploitation thing, it's played really straight. Um, and it's it's harrowing. Okay, Patrick Stewart is the head neo-Nazi guy and he's really scary. He's a great actor. Yeah, he's terrific. Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Oh. So I would definitely see Green Room, and I would not see either of those with your kids, but I would definitely yeah. see Green Room. Okay, and the Witch. don't tie those, don't don't mix up those recommendations. Yeah, <laughs> Green Room. Green Room could sound like a kids' movie. It's very yeah, it's very generic name. Yeah, hey, Green Room. Oh, that sounds nice. Uh oh, <laughs> Daddy, what's a neo-Nazi? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, just ask me about rimming is next time. That's easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you have any easier questions? Like what's rimming? <laughs> No. Um I listen let's talk about I listened to the most uh the two most recent episodes of Rule of Three. Rule of Three, right. The, yeah. the news podcast I do with Tim Slagle. Yes. Apparently all I do is podcast. Yes. I really like it. Oh thanks. I it's interesting that uh because I remember like first hearing when you guys talked about it, like, nope, we're gonna do three topics, we're gonna do ten minutes each, and then we're just gonna move on. And I so I, I was like, how are they gonna now I'm gonna sit and listen to this, like how is that actually presented? Like is it an abrupt like you just cutting things off? And it doesn't seem like you know, it's like everybody's completing their thoughts. Yeah, like we'll go thirty seconds over to finish a thought. Yeah. But and sometimes we do the downside is every now and then there's a conversation that I think would be really interesting if it kept going another five minutes. Yeah. Or we'll get off, off track and we'll never get to the real meat of what we were trying to talk about. <laughs> but the, 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 the trade-off of that is I think it more often keeps us on task because we normally only have ten minutes. Yeah. And it forces us to get to it, talk about it, and yeah. we, try, we try to be pretty, pretty dedicated to keeping those ten-minute things. Because I do think the worst thing some podcasts do is get – Really wandery mm-hmm. and get off track, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, some like I love Seth or Seth Rogen. Joe Rogan's podcast is really good, but like, man, I can't listen to a two and a half hour interview. It's too much. I just lose. It's too much. Yeah, <laughs> I I started listening to uh, I listened to the those, like I said two of you, uh, the rule of three that I put in the Kostaki one, and then after that, I was I went to the tried and true uh, never not funny with Pardo. Listen to some of that. It was Lori Kilmartin. Oh, she's and so good. Yes, and she's I'm, one of the great joke writers. A- absolutely. They actually they spent a lot of time uh, complimenting like her Twitter feed is one of. Oh, her the Twitter best is so good. Follow, yeah. But they did two hours and twenty minutes together. I was like, whoa, this is a long episode. I yeah. I didn't even get halfway through. No, I will. I, I will say to plug a podcast that I'm not on. <laughs> That I really want to be on. If you're listening, Dana Gould, my favorite comedian. Yeah, uh, the Dana Gould Hour is so great, and I love it so much. Um, and it's long, but it's edited really smartly. So it's it's multiple conversations, and mm-hmm. it's not just one thing. So it's, but that is the. I, I would listen to a five hour Dana Gould podcast. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would. Just, he could just call me and leave his phone on and just talk <laughs> sometimes, and I would listen. I think he is just unbelievably talented and funny. Yeah. Well, and the one time you sat in for me here and hosted, he was the guest. Yes. Yep, yeah. Yep. I've interviewed Dana a couple of times. Actually, yeah. I, I always feel bad because I, like I would I want to be friends with Dana so much because I think he's so great. But I think I think he's too great for us to ever be friends because it's like it's just too out of balance. It's yeah. like oh, you, you, would you want to be friends with somebody who just comes like oh hey hey man it's so good to see you oh that last thing you did was really great yeah. like I try not to be a tool around him but he's just so great yeah. he's so funny and talented. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, we love all the same stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Twilight Zone guy. My new thing is um, Hammer horror movies. 
I realize I'm a huge Universal horror movie fan. I've seen, I've, I own pretty much every Universal monster movie. Okay. Um, but I never really got into the British versions. And in, in Britain, they had this whole studio that was like their version of Universal, and they did their own riff on all the classic horror stories. I don't know anything about this. But they differentiated them from the American ones, and I just started getting into them, and they're they're really good. Um, Curse of Frankenstein is the one I'm on now. I'm almost done with that. It's it's uh, later. They're Technicolor, so they're 1957. Um, but they really go out of their way to change. So like in this one, like Frankenstein. Einstein's a dick, and uh, he, they, there's no Igor. His assistant is like this handsome guy that kind of is into his girlfriend, and so it's it's they're really distinctive and uh, puts a nice spin on those universal horror things. So. Where are you finding those? Oh, Netflix. Yeah, but not on instant. Everyone acts like I'm a dinosaur because I get those discs. But everyone's like, "You get the discs?" I'm like, they just invented that like ten years ago. It's not that old. <laughs> it's it's not like I'm using a Betamax. Well, true, but I, like, I think. Like my, I didn't know they still offered that. Absolutely, yeah. they do. And in fact, so few people use it that we. I think we order four discs at a time because I watch a lot of movies, mm-hmm. and um, they just send extra ones all the time. Like, ah, here, have two more. Um, but uh, people, don't even send it back. You know, what? no one else wants it. Keep I want to watch specific stuff. I am not a guy who ever sits down to watch just to watch TV or just to watch a movie. Like, there's a movie or a TV show I want to watch. I have a list of stuff, you know. And uh, so, like, it's no good for me to just go. Well, what's on instant? Unless there's something they've just added, I really want to see. Okay. So I've always got a stack of discs uh, ready, ready to roll. So I think what I've got right now, I've got All About Eve, Curse of Frankenstein, Horror of Dracula, and a disc of the Americans sitting on my. Does your wife watch these with you? She watches the Americans with me. She, that's that's like kind of her show. I'm okay. Kind of, I watch it with her. Um, no, I'm not. No, certainly not horror movies. I love horror stuff. In fact, the main thing I've been doing. For the last year, um, I write fiction, and I've been getting back into it a lot. Uh, and so I've been writing a ton of short stories. So I'm hoping maybe – hopefully next year I'll be marked a headline, Lewis Lee, <laughs> and uh, hopefully I'll have some stories published by then and we can talk about that. Cause oh, wow. I, I've been sending them out to magazines and pushing that real hard. Really? But that's like my my like completely outside of comedy thing that I love. I love horror movies and horror novels and you know. Stephen King and Clive Barker. Can you Barker. give me an example of like a magazine you'd send your stuff to? Oh, yeah. Uh, Cemetery Dance is like the holy grail of uh, horror magazines. Cemetery Dance. Yeah, that's Stephen King's favorite magazine. I've never heard of it. Uh, wow. Yeah, there's all these like niche magazines. Sure. And then and then if the stories get then picked up, they'll put them in like the best of horror anthologies. So I think I sent something to Cemetery Dance and then I sent something to um, Best Horror 2016. We'll see. Wow. But yeah, I, I heard, love writing that stuff. I think I learned something that I didn't know about you when I was listening to the show that you do. You worked at a comic book shop. Yeah, I worked. I <laughs> my cousin one time, one of my cousins, the my on my mom's side. They're they're real funny. He's like, you just you don't have jobs. You just do all the stupid stuff I want to do, and they just get paid for it. And it's like, hey, I watch football, I watch movies, I tell jokes, and I worked at a comic book store. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, was the. Uh, I was the uh, sole – I was the head lackey, I guess I would say, at uh, Campus Comics in Carbondale. Okay. Um, a really good buddy of mine, Matt Martin, who was a, one of the funniest people I've ever met who's not a professional comedian. He's hilarious. And um, yeah, I would just hang out there and talk to Matt and then Matt got temporarily got another job and so I'd eh, fill in and then we would just – you know, then the boss man, Dennis McCord, who was great, who'd owned the store for like 25 years, was like, uh, it was like uh, high fidelity. He hired me, and then Matt came back, and he was like, well, I can't fire him. <laughs> you know, so we would just sit around and talk and make fun of customers. And oh, very cool. It was really fun. We would have we would have little competitions, like we overordered a book one time, and so we had a competition to see who could sell the most copies of it. But, but there was like points for style, and uh, Matt had a good one. Where it was like it was a Neil Gaiman book, and. Uh, Matt was going through this guy's stack, and he goes, oh, you forgot to get your uh, – it was 1602 was the title. You forgot to get your uh, 1602. And the guy's like, no, I didn't forget. And he goes, oh, you didn't you, – you didn't you didn't want that? And the guy's like, no. And so, uh, okay. <laughs> and I just watched this guy. He's like, what do you mean? And Matt's like, I mean, every, well, I mean, you don't have to get it. You know, and the guy just – I think the guy bought two of them. And I was like, oh, Matt, you son of a bitch. You're so, so funny. That's awesome. Yeah, so we had a really good time doing that. So yeah, I, I worked there. I worked there while I was a newspaper editor, even just because I liked hanging out there. Nice. On my day off, I just basically go sit and read comic books. And well, do you have a decent collection at home now? Or? Yeah, I don't. You know, it's funny. I don't really read comics much anymore. Um, but uh, my one of my lifetime goals is to get the first 350 issues of the Amazing Spider-Man, which is uh, it gets pricey toward the lower numbers. I would imagine. But I'm, I think I'm like 200 deep into the first 350, so I'm doing pretty good. Oh really? Yeah, I love Spider-Man. Okay, yeah, big fan. Yeah. 
Mar- uh, Martha Kelly, who was here a couple weeks ago, is going to be in the next Spider-Man movie. Really? Yes. That's cool. Yeah. What she going to she did she say what she's going to be? They she doesn't really say. Has already hmm. filmed it. Wow. And uh, yeah, no, I, I ended I'm looking up, for. Her. Yeah, cool. I ended up asking her because I was bringing up all the rumors on online. You know, like you know all these hardcore. Spider-Man fans are like, what, who's, what, why is this comic going to be? What's she going to be? And they're all speculating on her role or whatever. But she wouldn't. She'll say. probably just be some side character, makes a couple of jokes or something. Pretty much, yeah. Sounded like that's what. But it I mean, was. it doesn't. It's like people are like, oh, is she going? Nerds are so stupid. It'll be like, is she going to be the blah 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 from episode issue one thirty two? And it's like, no, they're just going to have some characters. Like yeah. plenty of people in the movie are just people in the movie. You know, like they're not all relating back to some stupid thing. They're uh. And there's gonna Mary Jane is gonna be a like a is she black or is she or mixed mixed or something? Zendaya or yeah. whatever. It's so she's funny. on one of my kids' favorite shows. Yeah, I, know, on I Disney. think it's so funny when people get mad about. I mean, it'd be weird if they changed a, a character who's like like if they changed um, Luke Powerman Luke Cage to a white guy because like, his whole thing was he was like the he was like the '70s soul brother like he wear the gold chains and oh, stuff yeah. you know like that that was what Powerman was but like. If it's not endemic to the character, who cares what race it is? Who cares if Captain America's black? That's fine. Yeah, right. I mean, so, so I've always thought that, I don't know, that, that whole thing is so overblown. And nerds, honestly, nerds are the worst. Even, I mean, I, I, I had a, a lot of great people that would come in um, to the comic book store that are, that are still friends of mine. But like, nerd culture really, honestly, I think probably part of the reason I got out of comic books and have kind of moved away from some nerdier pursuits. It's just that I got so sick of it. Like, they won, and now they're just these gloating assholes about it. It's like, the entire culture revolves around you, and you're still mad? They're like, like, "Um, they remade the Ghostbusters movie, but they remade it with actresses that I do not prefer. It's like, dude, 10 years, when we were growing up, if they had one superhero movie in five years, you're like, holy shit, they made a comic book movie? I gotta go. Oh, yeah. And now every month there's a comic book movie out, and then one of them isn't totally to their taste, and then they gotta go tear Leslie Jones down on Twitter, because she she had the gall to accept except being casted in a movie. Yeah. It's like, you know, you guys realize she didn't mastermind anything. Mm-hmm. There was studio executives on down. Right. And like any of those assholes would have turned down and would have turned down not only being a girl Ghostbuster or whatever, but in that movie. Mm-hmm. If they would have come to any one of those online douchebags mm-hmm. and they'd have been like, hey, do you want to play the whatever their front office secretary dude or do you want to play a guy who gets is a ghost they would have jumped at the chance they would have flown themselves to hollywood they would yeah. have kissed up they would have done everything mm-hmm. so that's just that that weird phony outsiderism from like white guys who get catered to everything is just disgusting to me I couldn't it's like agree it's more. weird cuz like i hate when people just do like the oh white guys are the worst cuz it's such a cheap easy thing to say but some white guys are the fucking worst yeah yeah the fe- the reaction that I felt when I, like you bringing up this Leslie Jones stuff, mm-hmm. not even talking about what happened to her yesterday. Well, when that's what I was talking about. That hack- oh, I was. That I'm was... saying like a couple weeks ago, you yeah. know, when the movie first came out and she was getting attacked, yeah. comparing her to you know a primate, and it's like, well, and why are they that, attacking? Oh. And they're attacking her. It's like first of all, it's weird. Like you're not even gonna spread it around to the other three ladies who are all, by the way, super talented, mm-hmm. but like. But, like, it's like, wow, way, way to call out what a crazy racist asshole you are that you focused all your ire on one of the four female Ghostbusters who happened to be black. Yeah. What a bunch of dicks. I must have just, a, you know, just enough, uh, what would it be, morals? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that even though the internet can be fairly anonymous, mm-hmm. there's no, there's not enough anonymity to be a fucking in the world to be a, that big of a dick no. on social media, right? I understand it. I mean, when people every now and then when I get real hateful Twitter stuff, I just I mean, I block done. Yeah. There's no reason to think about those people. Some people will like retweet. And I think it can be done like Leslie Jones did it pretty smartly to like just to show like no 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 this is the kind of stuff that I'm getting because yeah. I think a lot of people think like, oh, you got online criticism, get a thicker skin. And it's like, you know, if you see some of the the stuff that people tweet you it's weird to be like in line at the bank and somebody sends, you know, I, I get a tweet about how like, oh, clearly I must want, I must love it when my wife sleeps with Muslim men and I watch. And I get, I get tweets like that sometimes, you know? Ooh. And it's just so weird. Like, whoa. And I, I phrased it, by the way, pretty substantially different. <laughs> uh, Sleep, they didn't say sleeps with? No. They didn't say Muslim men either. No. It's funny. But uh, <laughs> I, but you, it's like you're in line at the bank and you see that and you're like. What the hell? It's so weird to get, like, hateful stuff about your wife and racism and shit just piped into your brain when you're just, like, trying to go about your day. So I'm of the opinion that I don't don't feed the trolls. I just block done. Block done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 98% of people are fine. Yeah. 
you know? And so, but it is the, the, the 2% or whatever, probably more than two, unfortunately, but not many, but they're just so loud. And they, like I said, it's an- anonymous. They got nothing to lose and they're, they've, they're, they're nothing to do. Anybody with something better to do would be doing it. Uh, that's, that's a great Anybody with something better to do. Anything. I've seen stuff that I hate. I would never bother. I've never tweeted somebody and like, I don't even like it when people do it for a good cause. Like, hey, Donald Trump, you're a real asshole. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, he is. But what are, what are you accomplishing by that? You know, I mean, like, if you think of a good joke, whatever. But like, I don't even, I don't tag people when I make mean jokes about them. You know? No. It's like, Why? Why would you do that? Bullies do that. Yeah. If I think of a good joke, I'm going to tweet a good joke, but I'm not going to tag the person in it. What was the one? Oh, now you're, you had a really good one just earlier today. What, what, what I'm, uh, oh, there's so many of them. Yeah. That's not always the case at all. Let's see if I can look that up. While I'm trying to find that here, are you, uh, it's state fair season here in Minnesota. Are you going to make it over there? Uh, yeah. Um, I think I'm probably going to go Sunday. Uh, yeah, I have very mixed feelings about the fair. I just, I, I think it's cool, but I really, I know, as I know, I'm getting old. I hate crowds. Uh huh. That's why my shows are so comfortable. Uh, no. <laughs> hey! But uh, I really hate crowds. Like the only crowd I like is in a comedy club when they're all facing a different direction than me. That's a that's a great thing. Uh-huh. But any more than like three, like three hundred people to me is a perfect number. Like, but like anyone that I just I get real claustrophobic. So the fair is too many people. Mm-hmm. It's just too many people. Yeah. I just get, I get so overloaded. It's yeah. I just have to like go home and lay down and put a washcloth over my eyes. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know if Sunday's the right day for you. Though. I know. Well, I have a friend in town and she wants to go. Okay. Yeah. I heard a great story. Um, uh, one of my wife's really good friends is uh, Vietnamese, and she's she's always lived here, but her a lot of her family still lives in Vietnam. And 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 this is they don't live in uh, you know, like Saigon. I mean, they live in like uh, like a provincial, very small Vietnamese town. And so they came to visit for like a month. It's like these these girls first day here, and somebody has the bright idea: let's take them to the Mall of America and show them what it's like. Well, they've never they've never they're in a town with billboards. I mean, it's like a provincial rural farming village uh-huh. where a few hundred people live, or man, a few thousand people live. And so they go to the mall. And everyone's like, are you having fun? And they said these these poor girls looked like someone had shot them with a cattle prod. Or uh-huh. They were just like – their eyes were all glazed. And, and they, they finally were like, we got to get these girls out of here. They took them home and they just went and laid down in a dark room for like six hours. Oh, my God. They were like – they were – we forget how much like crazy stimulus uh-huh. that we get. And the Mall of America is stimulus central. Yeah. Every every level of your vision, there's something going, look at me, look over here, mm-hmm. right? And then the, all the people, I mean, that was probably more people than they'd collectively ever seen in their entire lives mm-hmm. in one place in one day yeah. with all these lights and, I mean, it disorients me. And you kind of forget how your brain gets adjusted to that stuff. Yeah. But like uh, my, my buddy Jeff uh, spends a lot of time in Hawaii and he says when he comes back from Hawaii, because Hawaii has a, a, not a lot of advertising, a lot of laws about billboard height. So oh. when you're Hawaii, in Hawaii, I believe no billboard can be taller than the tallest tree in view. Wow! And so it's just it's very, there's not a lot of as much like advertising and stuff. And you, he's like, yeah, you get over there and it's like kind of nice. And then, oh man, you come back and it's like, oh wow, blitzkrieg of uh-huh. of of ads and messages and lights. Well, we've gotten used to you know the billboards that change exactly. Pictures. Yeah, or you're watching the news and they're running the scroll and then they got the thing on the side. I mean, uh. if you would have showed that to somebody in 1970, they're like, I can't follow this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've evolved to do that, but I do wonder at what cost. I mean, I, I know my attention span is really eroded. I want to deny that it hasn't uh, eroded, as you just said it, but it, it mine has. Yeah, I, it's I, inevitable. The, the way that I know it's when I write. Um, I get I'll get in a zone, and I I'll I'll be I'll be writing, and I'll be enjoying what I'm doing and I'm really feeling good about it. I'm type, type, typing. And I'll just feel like my hand will go to the mouse to go check my Facebook or Twitter or check my email or something. And I'll have to really actively, like, no, stop it, dummy. Yeah. Keep working. Uh-huh. And, but like, if I don't have that active thought, I'll just, I'll get off to web surfing or, you know, even I was watching Curse of Frankenstein last night. I still, I pause it and check my stupid Twitter. Wow. It's, <laughs> it's 11 o'clock at night. Just watch the movie yeah. and check Twitter later. It'll still be there. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm trying to do my best to like fight against that, but because it's it's happening, and I'm not a big electronics guy. Yeah, but it's it's hard not to. Well, you're a reader, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like I don't have a Kindle or anything. I like book books. Okay. Yeah, I'm cool. reading right now. I'm reading uh, Haruki Murakami's first two books. He's amazing. Here, here is the. I found the tweet that I and maybe you did this last night during um, Curse of Frankenstein. Mm. 
Hey, white people eating with chopsticks at Lian Chin, take it down a notch. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that was from Lian Chin. I tweeted that from Lian Chin. Because, yeah, I was, I was sitting there eating my, and it's good. I'm sitting there eating the Skyway, eating my Lian Chin. This chick next to me is eating her, like, sweet and sour chicken balls with chopsticks. Yeah. Get out of the fucking room. Come on. This is plastic fork food if Uh ever there was. Damn right. (laughs) I did get a lot of flack speaking of books and tweeting. I have my my, my kitty cat. Uh, I have two cats. I'm a big cat fan. I love cats and dogs. Uh, My cat Gatsby was uh, sitting on top of a a bookshelf and he was sitting in like, he was in like the wrong, he was in the fiction section, but he was like misfiled. And (laughs) that was funny. It was a cute picture. I put it on Facebook. And I, I like pictures of cats. And uh, so many people jumped up my ass about like, ooh, showing you you have books. And I was like, you fucking <laughs> illiterate dipshits. I saw a little bit of like, that. Like, do you think, yeah, that's what it was. I'm bragging that I have fucking <laughs> books. Get off. I was so annoyed about that. I mean, actually, Steve Gillespie made a really funny joke. But like, some people were really, I, I got the impression they really thought, like, yeah, that was my plan. Yeah. It's like, that's so stupid. You probably put a little cat treat up there to get it to go up there, right? No, it was all natural. Just, uh, that was all natural. Pose. I would never, I would never uh, exploit my cats <laughs> like that. But uh, it never even occurred to me. People were all mad. I was so. I weird. have. Yeah, you know what? If I did the same thing that you did and posted, we have a cat at home. If I took a picture of my cat in front of my books, and people got that, I'd be, I'd have to tell them the truth. Like I've read the first twenty pages of a third <laughs> of those, and the rest of them I've never opened. So, well, you know, somebody that I really respect a lot, uh, Gary Goleman, who's an amazing comedian. Yeah, God, Gary's funny. But one of the things I worked with him one time, and I something I took from it was, um, I had a joke that was kind of half working, and I, it was kind of a, it wasn't. It was kind of a trickier joke, and it wasn't working because I wasn't phrasing it right. But I was maybe thinking the audience wasn't – it was like a little too uh, – was it a good club? Not lofty, but I don't know. It was like, ah, maybe this is a topic I'm not able to handle or it's too snooty or something. And I was talking about it to Gary, and he was just like, never do that ever. Like, say what you want. Say it the way you want. And then I was watching him up there, and I was like, this guy is just unapologetically intellectual. It's not pretentious. Uh-huh. He's not pretending to be smarter than he is, but he's a football player. You know, he's kind of an alpha dude. Yeah. And he was just up there and it's like, if you try to call Gary Snooty, he's just going to come at you like a, like a big Boston dude. He's going to be like, fuck you. you know? like yeah. And I was like, yes, that's awesome. I'm not going to apologize for, for liking stuff. Uh-huh. And I'm not going to pretend not to like something because, it's, oh, you have to pretend you don't read books because it's lame. Fuck you. <laughs> I want a shirt that says, fuck you, I read books. <laughs> if somebody wants a Christmas present, send me that. I'm going to wear it around. Because it is like you're supposed to apologize for that shit. It's, it's such a stupid thing. I want to read the. Uh, I like uh, bi- like biographies, autobiographies. Yeah, biographies. I'm reading a Orson Welles biography right now. I want to. I here, uh, here's a dorky one that says a lot about me. I want to read the one about the, uh, by the guy, the 34 five year old guy that just won a gold medal in the 50 uh, meter freestyle in the Olympics. Here, he oh. just won. He won a gold uh, last week, and his prior gold was 16 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wait, I did say, I saw that. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. You know what's funny? That's how you know you're getting old, by the way, is when those stories become wildly appealing to you. Uh-huh. We, I realize, like, everybody I root for in sports is like, no, Tom Brady's not too old. Tom Brady's still good. <laughs> like, I'm totally applying all my own midlife crisis bullshit, like, onto oh, yeah. all these guys. Like, no, man, Dennis Quaid could still be a pitcher in the big leagues. Let's watch a movie about it, you know, or whatever. It's like, I'm always rooting for the old guy now. Are you kidding? Bartolo Colon? I hope he never retires. He's like 45 now, pitching for the Mets. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I root for all old guys now. <laughs> Just on the basis of that, yeah. any, any any like older comedian who gets like prominent, and I'm like, yeah, it could still happen. I'm not, I'm not done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's the sign. Are you? Uh, I don't know if I've ever asked you, but if, you know, a lot of comics end up doing acting. Is that ever something you're, you know, you do a million other things we've been talking about? I'm the world's worst actor. World's worst actor. I uh, and I, part of it is that I, this is not to my well, part of it. I'm just a bad actor, but part of it is is that I. To say that I don't take direction well is a real understatement. Okay. Like, I just, I have a real stubborn problem with like when someone, especially if a man tells me to do something, I get really physically angry. Mm. And I was, I was, I was, I agreed to be in like a play or something a while back and I was doing something. The director was like, I need the energy to go up. And he really meant the other guy. My energy was up. One guy was low and he goes, All right, you guys, jump up and down. I was like, What? He goes, Jump up and down. Jump up and down. I want your energy up. I said, if you think that I'm going to jump when another man tells me to, you've got another fucking thing coming. Wow. I was no longer in the <laughs> But it was like the idea that anybody's going to tell me to do it and I'm going to do it doesn't happen. 
Well, that explains why I you, hate it. That's explain that explains a lot why you're a comic. Yeah, no, no, it, it totally does because yeah. like, but it's not to say like, I mean, I, you know, I'll, my editor will be like, hey, we need to change this. That's fine, but like the idea of like literal direction, I'm going to tell you what to do and you're going to do it. Interesting. No, never. Yeah. And I actually don't mind it as much from a woman. I don't know why. Hmm. I'm, I'm I, to a degree. <laughs> But like for something about it's like it's just a pure stupid silverbacky bullshit. It's just pure macho id for me. But uh, I can't, I can't. It's my my blood just flushes. I'm just like, nope. I'm about with cops, doctors, just anybody. I just I do not respond well to being. Have told you ever what had to a? Ba- have you ever said the wrong thing to a cop when yeah. they told oh, yeah. you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. <laughs> or uh, to doctors my favorite thing is telling doctors no like alright here's what we're gonna do this this and this and I'll go nah we're not gonna do the that well we should no you're not putting my, your finger in my ass I'm not I'm not old enough for that yet well I just wanna be sure no what are you gonna chase me down and make me you, you can catch me and make me do it then that's fine they can't make you do anything you're an adult wow. I love telling doctors no dentists oh yeah anybody really yeah <laughs> I'm really a jerk <laughs> I think it's the thing uh <laughs> I just like, realized that just that now. military career never worked out for no, you. <laughs> no, I just don't follow orders. But no, I like actually, I love group writing. I like working with people. I just don't like the, you know, yeah. you go. I got like, you. Whoa, I got, I got. You. Yeah, but it, it is really a it's a somewhat childish uh, impulse that I have. But I all right. But I've gone this long. I'm going to keep it. <laughs> it's working. Uh, anything else we should be covering? The uh, your rule of three. What day does that come out? And people. Uh, whatever Slagle puts him up. Whatever Slagle puts um, him up. We record him on Mondays. Uh, every now and then on Tuesday if one of us is out of town. But we record him on Mondays. So usually Slagle gets him up on like Wednesday. Okay. Thursday. Uh, Off Balance 3 we record on Tuesdays. Those usually come up uh, on Friday. Um, uh, quick Snaps will be every week. Uh, I think those are every week on about Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Of course, you could just subscribe to all of them on iTunes and they'll pop right up in your feed. You won't even yeah. have to worry about it. Um, just search Brian with a Y. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Brian Miller. Why? Uh, yeah. My Twitter is at realbrianmiller.com or at realbrianmiller. Uh, website brianmillercounty.com. Um, yeah. I, I guess I just podcast a lot, apparently. Oh, and listen to a Twin Cities uh, news talk on AM 1130 if you're uh, driving around. Or if you could, I think you can get on the internet. You can get every radio station from everywhere now, right? They're on the iHeartMedia app. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but that's a, yeah, they're doing a nice job. And um, yeah, I guess that's it. Come to Acme. Come see the shows. I, th- I think we've got a pretty decent crowd for Saturday, but we could always okay. use a few more. Yeah. Uh, Friday, yeah, so today's Thursday. I'm going to people hear this today. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Awesome, Brian. Um, is there anything else? We I probably should just apologize to my mom if she's listening for swearing so much. Oh. I'm just now realizing I think I swear. I'm lot. sorry, too. <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what, Brian? There is one more thing I want to bring ah, up. Only because- Columbo is... style, you're going to get me one last thing. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Don't look me in my one eye. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I love Peter Falk. Uh, Truman Capote. Mm-hmm. That's a name that means something to you. Yeah, the ashes thing. Yes, I love this. Yes, Truman Capote would absolutely have loved this because he was a really macabre little dude. Okay, so you know, he was go a, ahead. Yeah. yeah, Truman Capote was a real weirdo, and so I think it was his, is his ashes are they for sale? Is that what it is? You can it's, buy his ashes. They will be going up for auction. Starting bid two thousand dollars. Yeah, no, I think that's great. No, he he's the, he's, the, he's the kind of guy who would have appreciated it. Like, I would feel bad if they were doing that to like Thomas Pynchon after he died because I feel like Thomas Pynchon would not like that at all, mm-hmm. being a bit of a recluse and whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Capote would be like, "Ooh, delicious." Mm-hmm. He's a weird little dude. Have you okay? So have you gone as far as I have and looked through all of the things that they'll be including in this auction? No, in addition to his ashes. No. Uh, if it's true, I mean, it is according to this, whatever the site I was looking at, the official auction site, mm-hmm. that starts later this month, you can buy, and this is eerie, the clothes he died in. Oh, my. Yeah. There's a really great Joe Hill novel. Um, Joe Hill is Stephen King's son, who's an amazing writer, who got he dropped, intentionally didn't use his dad's name so that he could... Be on, you know, be judged on his own. Sure, he is fantastic, and he wrote one of the scariest books ever written. is called Heart Shaped Box. Okay, and it is literally about a kind of macabre collector. Is this musician? And he buys like old, you know, little Charles Manson's hemp necklace or you know shit like that. Uh-huh. And um, he buys a, the suit a guy died in that's supposed to be haunted, and that's how it starts. Is him receiving the suit oh, okay. in the mail, and it is so goddamn scary. I would <laughs> never in 10 million years buy the clothes somebody died in, even though I don't even believe in that stuff. But that Joe Hill book, man, that freaked me out. I would not, I would not be messing around with that. When we're done here, we should, I, I want to, we should look it up and you could see the, <laughs> it's probably like a white linen suit or something, right? 
Little short shorts. Ooh, I don't want. I don't little want Capote's little short shorts. shorts. <laughs> yeah, they're like. Think of the stories that you could. Uh, uh, the conversation that would start if you uh, actually bought that and wore it. Yeah, well, I mean, well, just I think the, the sh- first one would be, "Hey, your balls are hanging out of the bottom yes. of those tiny shorts." You would start with, uh, "Hey, tuck your balls in," and, and I then- would say, "My balls are hanging out of Truman Capote shorts." Thank you. <laughs> oh. Whose ashes, if you could buy anybody's ashes, whose ashes would you want? Oh, uh. I was in like boy. family members or whatever. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> um. Boy. Uh, that is a good question. How about. Who's somebody. How about John Candy? Mm, are you going for volume? Yeah. <laughs> you, are, you, are you hoping for a paperweight? You need a maximum amount of ashes? That's a good answer. You know God, why? John because Candy's he funny. died when I was, uh. Like, he died, I was in what, like, junior high? First like, celebrity death that hit still, me hard. Yeah. Because I love, I mean, the, the Great Outdoors and Uncle Buck are fantastic yeah. movies. Um, he's so, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, quietly one of the best comedies ever made. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't pop up on lists, I feel like, as often as, like, you always see Groundhog Day, which is an amazing movie, of course. Yeah. But you, you almost never see Planes, Trains, I feel like, and that is just a fantastic movie. Yeah. And you he's say- so good and heartbreaking in it. Yeah, you described it well. It's one. It's like the first celebrity death. Where I, yep. you, you know, that actually ties in with something. When, uh, you know, it's John Candy. And then uh, I always used to say to myself, you know, I'm still so young. And, you know, uh, but someday, I don't even know why I picked this person randomly in my head. Mm-hmm. But someday Sylvester Stallone is going to be an old man and he's going to die. Then I'm going to feel old. Yeah, well, he's already old, but I think he's pretty healthy. So you, yeah. you got you got a little time left. I must have picked him because he was like, you know, still doing Rocky movies then. Like, well, well, he, he was, was the, the picture of health. It was, yeah. him, it was him and Arnold. Yeah. Those are the two. It was like it was Pepsi and Coke, Arnold and Pretty Sly, much, you know? yeah. So yeah, no, let's, good let's keep him alive, please. Sure. Well, I, I, w- I would probably go. I would like the ashes. I think of H.P. Lovecraft because okay. I think that, that would be a good. Um, that'd be pretty fun. Uh-huh. Um, but inventor of the Cthulhu stories. Um, uh, but but if, if if I could be anybody, I think I would buy Justin Bieber just so I could set him on fire right now to get it started. <laughs> nice. <laughs> good luck the rest of the week, Brian. Thank you. It's Thank you. Fun. Thanks for having me. Perfect. Boom. Done. Um, 